Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, it'd be good for you to say that out loud when we do, because it is actually releasing faith for that to happen during this time. Get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, turn off everything else, don't let it distract you, and give the Lord your full focus and attention for these few minutes, and we will get some help and answers today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, the anointing that uh, destroys yokes, that removes burdens, that heals and delivers and restores. Lord, we are convinced it's your will for us to have all our needs met, for us to have uh, fullness of peace and fullness of joy, for you to be glorified in our spirit and in our bodies and our lives, which are yours. And that's what we seek and that's what we desire. Thank you for causing it to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would look in the book of Acts again, our great textbook, the Bible, we begin the uh, first part of this week talking about healing in the Acts. We studied number 1 through 20 of the individual accounts of healing in the ministry of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you didn't uh, watch that, if you weren't here with us for that, go online, faithschool.org. And you can watch the whole thing, listen to the whole thing. won't cost you anything, no charge. And we're building on that today. So it would benefit you to take the time and, and feed on it. And what we're noticing, though, in Acts 1.1, if you want to look at that again, Acts 1.1, the Spirit of God through Luke said, The former treatise have I made, uh, and he's referring to the gospel account of Luke that the Lord used him to pen. Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. That's how he starts uh, the book of Acts. So what, what's he saying? This now is a continuation of what Jesus is doing and teaching still. After his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, he's still doing the same things he did. Uh, but he's doing it now through his church. He's doing it by his spirit through his church. We saw the sign of uh, the Holy Spirit coming in Acts 2. And we saw 3,000 people get saved. And then we see another sign in Acts 3. A sign of healing. Let's read it again, Acts 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. 
A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. And they, they carried him there so he could ask alms of them that entered into the temple. And alms um, could be translated mercy or a kindness. And so he, he lay there and called to the people going and coming, coming uh, mercy for the poor, uh, alms for the poor, a kindness for the poor. He's calling out to people uh, for them to give him something. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked an alms from them, a kindness or a mercy. And oh, did he get a mercy. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. We talked, uh, I believe it was on the the last uh, session, about how uh, the scripture talks about the light of of the body or the being is the eyes. And how that when... uh, they fastened their eyes on him and said, look at us and got him to connect with them. Uh, something spiritual is about to transpire. There's a, a connection made. And uh, they didn't let the sadness of his situation, him being poverty stricken and, and uh, disabled uh, and the life that that forced him to live, They didn't let that darkness and sadness pull them in and down. Uh, The Lord used them to pull him up and out of it. The light of their countenance, the light of God in them through their eyes. And that's why he said, look, look, look here, look at us. Uh, Silver and gold, I have none. I don't have any at hand, nothing on me or with me. But I have something. I'm holding such as I hold or have, I give you. And so such as you have is what you can give. You can't give what you don't have. And so the Lord gives us all manner of wonderful things. And he gives things for us that are not just for us. And every good thing he gives you that changes your life, it'll change somebody else's life too. And it's ultimately for you to give to others. The Lord delights in showing mercy. And when you let the love, his love govern your thinking and, and operating, you come to the place where you delight in the same. You delight in uh, helping somebody. And I don't mean just feeling sorry for them and, and, you know, trying to console them in their sorrow. I mean lifting them out. Hallelujah. Getting the need met. Helping them lay hold of God. Lay hold of a miracle. Lay hold of provision. Lay hold of deliverance. That's more fun than just about anything. Do you believe it, child of God? And that's what you and I want to focus more on instead of just using our faith to get more stuff. You need some stuff, but you don't want that to be your your primary focus. 
you want to let the Lord use you to help other people get out of bondage, get free, get healed, get, get saved, get restored, get back to God. Can you, can you say amen, class? Is that, and that's what's going on here. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And so it was him using the name and acting on the faith. We referred to it as special faith that the Spirit of God dropped in them. And grabbing the man's hand, those, that was the faith and the name and the actions that allowed the power of God to manifest. Manifest. Uh, one individual said, you know, God's power in the natural is electricity. And it flows by certain laws. Uh, there are certain things that will conduct electricity. And there are certain things that won't. It will flow along a path. Or if that path's not there, it won't flow. It's, you know, we, we do it all the time with a light switch, right? If the switch is in one position, no flow, no light, right? Change the switch, uh, a circuit is made. And so the electricity will flow and you get the light, you get the work. Well, the power of God operates very similarly. Uh, God's power in the natural is based on something in the spirit. And so... Uh, when Peter and John uh, said that and did that, commanded that thing, in, that, that command in Jesus' name and reached and grabbed and they did that act of faith based on what the Spirit of God put in them, a circuit was completed. Can you see that? And the power of God flowed. Oh, hallelujah. Does it still flow today? The power of God flowed. And when it did, it created uh, things in the man's ankles, uh, bones and sinew and muscles, whatever was missing, or it corrected it. Uh, he hadn't taken a step uh, since he had been born. But he leaps and jumps and runs and, and is praising God at the top of his voice. Well, you would too. Praising God at the top of his voice. I want you to notice this phrase. He, this is mentioned... More than once, if you skip down to the uh, uh, 16th verse, uh, where in the 6th verse, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In the 16th verse, he gives detail about what happened. His name, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, his name through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. But he didn't end there. He wanted you to know how that faith came. This is a different situation than just faith that comes by hearing. Yea, the faith which is by him. The faith didn't come by hearing. The faith came by him, which we call a manifestation of special faith. The, the faith that came by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Then if you go over to the fourth chapter. And you know the Sadducees and, and priests and different people. They, uh, they actually laid hold on them. And, and uh, were demanding of them what they had done and how and why. And in verse 7. 
when they set him in the midst, they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? And then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And can you see why we, we say, I think a good title for this book is The Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. Not just apostles, but different ones throughout the church. And it was the Holy Spirit that came on them and manifested that faith to them as a gift of faith when they ministered to the lame man. And now, when they're being called to explain it, the Holy Spirit comes on him again. Hallelujah. And um, uh, boldness is a demonstration in both of these instances of the Holy Spirit coming on them. He said, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if, if we this day be examined of this good deed done to the impotent man by what means he's made whole, be it known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Hallelujah. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The name is emphasized over and over again. Uh, he, he commanded him to get up and rise up in the name. And then when uh, uh, he was explaining what happened in chapter 3 and 16, he said it was his name. Through faith in his name. Can you hear the emphasis on the name? His name, through faith in his name, has made this man uh, strong. And then when they called on him to explain it, what happened later, the Holy Spirit came on Peter again. And what does he say? He said, if you want to know how this happened and what happened, verse 10, I want you to know. And I want everybody to know. It was by the name. Hallelujah. Somebody say, by the name. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Somebody say the name. The name. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the Christ of Nazareth. Um, go with me, if you would, over to 2 Corinthians, and let's talk a little bit more about the name. Um, it's not just a matter of um, knowing the exact right phrase uh, when you're talking about the name. What, what does it mean? In 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter... 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, notice this phrase. He said, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Ambassadors... For Christ. What, what does that mean? An ambassador is one who is uh, identified and authorized and sent on behalf of another. They don't represent themselves. At least they're not supposed to. But they are authorized to both speak and act 
as a representative of, you know, ambassador for a, a nation, for the nation they come from. Well, we are ambassadors for Christ. What does that mean? Read it again. And we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. He said, God is beseeching you, the saints at Corinth, by me, Paul said. I'm just the agency by which God is talking to you. And he said, we pray you in Christ's stead. I am, I'm speaking to you instead of Christ. He sent me to speak on his behalf. <laughs> now this hasn't been as real to us as it needs to be. But that's exactly what Peter was doing and John. And they did it repeatedly. And um, it's not a matter of being able to quote the exact phrase. In the name of Jesus is not a magical incantation. Are y'all with me, class? It's not that you should learn how to say it and the words in the proper order are the, the, the correct emphasis on the word in the proper order and something amazing happens. That's not, that's not what, what it is. Um, you remember uh, the seven sons of Siva who uh, decided they would, they would use Paul's formula and phrase to cast the spirit out of uh, an individual. And they said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches and they got beat up and nobody got set free. So it's not about the proper phraseology. It's not about uh, the, the special magic phrase in the name of Jesus, not a magic phrase. What is it? It's a realization of being an ambassador, being a sent one. I know uh, years ago I saw old uh, real to real, uh, uh, move, uh, not a movie, but a, a film that had been taken of a, uh, a healing evangelist back decades ago. And um, uh, I thought the way he ministered was amazing. Uh, a, a person was brought up. It actually was a little child who was in a terrible way from this debilitating disease. And they were under the, the tent. And... Um, uh, you know, you could tell people's heart just went out to this little child is suffering and in such a bad way. And, and the man of God on the platform, he, he stopped and he said, uh, how many believe that if Jesus was here, he would minister to this child and deliver this child and heal and restore this child? How many believe that man hands went up all over the, the, the tent? And he said, well, he said, uh, he has sent me. Oh, hallelujah. He said, the Lord Jesus has sent me and authorized me to speak on his behalf and in his name. And he looked at the child and said, and in the name of Jesus and laid hands on the child. And the child immediately began to uh, be loosed from those debilitating things. And you could tell joy came on its face. It was a miracle right there in front of everybody. But did you hear what he said? Is that what Peter was saying? 
Huh? Is that what they were? To say, when you say, in the name of Jesus, you're not, it's not a, a, a magic phrase. You're saying, I come in his name. I come on his behalf. I'm authorized to speak and act on his behalf. And how many know that if you're doing that, you should speak his words in his name, right? I mean, uh, we have uh, staff at the ministry and and the churches, and uh, they do things for us. And there are times that I send word, you know, uh, go do this and and go say this and tell them I I want this done and that. How many know that uh, a staff member should not show up and say a bunch of stuff that they just dreamed up and say, in the name of Keith. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, Brother Keith sent me and told when I didn't. That's, that's misrepresenting. That's unfaithful. Right? No. They should, if they say, I come in the name of Keith, and he says this, and he wants this, I'm, I'm his representative, should you be quoting me? Right? You should speak my words in my name if you're actually representing me. And so that's why, you know, Jesus, this is exactly how he functioned every night and every day. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. Didn't he say that? Have you read that? Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, that's what I say. I only say what I hear the Father say, I only do what I see the Father do. And so he was faithful to not speak his own words and his own ideas and say the Father sent him to do it. And that's because of that, when he said something, it came to pass. When he acted to do something as the Father's representative, the Father did it. He backed it up. And so that's what... Um, uh, that's what the master was talking about. Go back over to John, the 14th chapter. John chapter 14. That's what he was referring to in this passage. Say it out loud as you're turning over there. I am, I am. His, ambassador. his ambassador. An ambassador, ambassador. An ambassador for, Christ. for Christ. I speak, I speak. In, his name. in his name on his behalf. I represent him. Hallelujah. The more real that is to us and the stronger our communion with him, knowing what he's saying, knowing what he's showing us to do, you'll see more manifestations of what we see in the book of Acts here. Was it real to Peter that he was not doing his own thing this day? When he said, in the name of Jesus, he didn't say, I say to you, Huh? He didn't say in Peter's name. No, in the name of Jesus. Why? He said, I've got something. I've got something. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't have any silver and gold on me right now, but I've got something better than that. I've got something, and in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking on his behalf. I'm representing him. I'm telling you, If Jesus was here in person, he'd be saying this to you right now and doing this right now. But he is not here in person. He's at the right hand of the Father. But his spirit is here and has dropped this faith in me. And I am his ambassador. 
And I come with good news. Hallelujah. In John the 14th chapter, John 14 and verse 10, Jesus said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. How many believe that if you heard Jesus speaking, you're listening to the Father? Is that right? And if you saw Jesus doing things, you are seeing the Father's will in manifestation. And verse 12, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works I do, shall he do also, and greater than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Now he's applying it, instead of him and the Father, to him and us. And in verse uh, 13, and whatsoever you shall ask, everybody say the next three words, in my name. That will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Then he says it again for emphasis. Verse 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Who raised up that, that lame man at the gate called Beautiful? Who created bones in his ankles and in his feet? Who caused the muscles to be formed in a moment so he could not learn how to take a step, but jump, leap, run? Who did that? Come on, tell me, who did that? Jesus. Jesus. It was done in his name. This is what happened. They, they, this word ask uh, can be translated demand or require. This is not talking about prayer. He talks about prayer a few chapters over. 16th chapter. But this is not prayer. He, did they require something? In the name of Jesus, get up. And then what happened? He did it. Can you see that? If you'll require, the same words translated require and demand, other parts of the same King James Bible. Uh, it, it, if you require or demand something in my name, Jesus said, I'll do it. I will do it. And so when he reached out and grabbed that man's hand and said, in the name of Jesus, get up, rise. And he pulled him up. Jesus did it. Come on, can you see that? Jesus did it. Jesus, his spirit did the work in the ankles, in the feet, in the legs, in the muscles, everything that was necessary. And it didn't take all day. It didn't take an hour. Can the creator of the universe do some things? Oh, I, and he's jumping and he's leaping and he's praising God. And how many believe he could do something for you today? Do something for me today. Somebody said out loud, Lord, Lord I, believe I believe in you. I have faith in you. Thank you for authorizing me to speak and act on your behalf. And whatever we say, your words. In your name, you do it. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, friends, don't wait for something else. Anything wrong, speak to it today. Command it to change, and it has to obey the name above all names. Our time's up. We'll see you again soon. 
back here in Faith Street. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.